Welcome in to the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net. Don't call it a comeback. We were only gone one week, took a week off for the holiday break, and now back at it as January is a very busy month for high school sports, especially high school basketball, which is obviously where we got our start many years ago as Wishoops.net, and uh, a big part of what we do now uh, with Mark Miller on the boys' side, Norbert Durst on the girls' side, me pinch hitting here and there uh, as needed, some alumni updates from Colton Wilson as well. So uh, uh, January is a busy month. Uh, not only do we get into the conference season for pretty much all of the basketball teams out there, but uh, Mark Miller this week put out his updated player rankings uh, for the senior class, and we'll do so for the other classes soon as well. Um, we'll have senior watch list semifinalists that'll come out in the next couple weeks. We will have, um, I'll begin work on the class of, what is it, 2020 junior football rankings. Um, I don't know if they'll be published in the end of January or maybe early February after the, uh, I guess it's now the late signing period. Most kids signed back in uh, December. But uh, a lot going on, a lot coming up. And it's hard to think, uh, hard to imagine that we're essentially halfway through the high school basketball regular season. Many teams have played uh, at least on the girls' side, of uh, almost all teams have played 10, 11, 12 games at this point. There's a number of teams on the boys' side that have uh, hit double digits in games played. And so we're, uh, we're getting there. Um, it's going to be a fun home stretch, a lot of storylines uh, in the next uh, few, uh, few months here. And as we take a look back, uh, we published earlier this week our uh, first coaches' polls of the new year. Those took a, a break for the holiday uh, as well, <clears throat> excuse me, um, and there were some changes. Uh, in, in boys basketball, three of the top-ranked teams lost in the last couple weeks, and that resulted in two number one teams, where Roncalli moved to the top of Division Four uh, after New Glarus had gone down. Uh, in Division One. Sussex-Hamilton actually lost a couple of different times. Uh, they have three losses now. In Madison East has ascended to the top spot in D1. We'll talk with Mark Miller a little bit later uh, about the Pergolders and about Division One. Martin Luther at Mark's tournament uh, at the Wisconsin Basketball Yearbook Shootout. Martin Luther lost twice, but they were to ranked Division One teams, Brookfield East and Brookfield Central, in very competitive games. But uh, Martin Luther, the Spartans, did remain on top of the Division Three rankings. If you look at the uh, the girls' rankings, which would be week six, they start a little bit earlier. Uh, there's one new number one team in the girls' side that's in Division Three, where Laconia is undefeated and takes over the top spot after Marshall, the defending state champion, lost a couple of a uh, couple of tough games at the Century Classic in Stevens Point over the holiday break. So some movement in the coaches' polls. Uh, you can look for those, uh, obviously, each week. You can also begin now to look for the uh, three-point challenge leaderboards. that uh, The first ones were published this week, and they'll continue each week through the regular season. You can check out who's, uh, who's shooting it well right now. There's a few kids on the, on the boys' side especially, over 50%. Ben Now from Brookfield Central, just a sophomore, he's shooting over 60% from three. Very impressive, and uh, you know there was a, a few questions, a, a little bit of confusion from a couple people uh, with the new 
checkpoints, if you will, that the WIAA put in this year for the three-point challenge eligibility at the end of the year. They said you had to have stats entered on wisports.net by December 20th and January 20th, 20th to be eligible for the end-of-season uh, official rankings, official uh, eligibility. Um, there were some coaches that thought that's all they had to do to get on the weekly leaderboard, but uh, to get on the weekly leaderboard, you do have to have all stats for all games up to date uh, to be included on that weekly leaderboard. So just a heads up for anybody listening out there on that. Uh, so yeah, a, a lot going on in high school sports, a lot going on on Wisports.net in the month of January. And it is now time to talk a little bit more in-depth about boys basketball, and we'll bring in our boys basketball writer at Wisports.net, Mark Miller, coming off a very busy holiday uh, schedule, not only uh, obviously regular holiday stuff going on, but uh, as, uh, what is it, 14 years now, uh, Mark, coming off your uh, Wisconsin basketball yearbook shootout, um, uh, really turned into the, the, the biggest event, the best event uh, outside of the state tournament in the uh, high school basketball season. What are your initial reactions? How did everything go uh, down at uh, Concordia University in Mequon? Well, it was uh, three days of uh, lots of basketball. We had nine games each day, so 27 games over those three days, involving 32 different teams. So got a chance to see a lot of different uh, teams and a lot of different players perform. And, um, you know, some guys really opened the eyes of uh, the college recruiters that were there and other guys, you know, maybe didn't play quite as well as they had hoped. And, you know, that's to be expected, I guess, when you have an event like this and you bring together really good teams. Uh, some guys really shine and others, you know, just maybe had an off, off game. But uh, it went well. You know, the officiating was out, was awesome. Uh, the crowds were good. And, uh, you know, the, the, the teams uh, uh, that were there all gave it their best. And, you know, we, we had some really good teams. Uh, Brook Central, I thought, looked really, really good. And, all the way down to, you know, the top-ranked team in Division Five, Sheboygan Lutheran. I thought they uh, looked very good, and they're 10-0 and on the season now. So, uh, already planning ahead for next year. What was the, the game that drew the biggest buzz beforehand and, and had the, the crowd going the, the most at the event this year? Um, I would probably have to go with the Brookfield Central against Martin Luther game. Uh, that was definitely the biggest crowd. It was on our first day on December 27th, and and Central uh, won that game 78-68, to 68. and uh, Cole Now was named the most valuable player of that contest after he scored 27 points. And uh, Cole and his younger brother Ben Now and and, uh, and senior Gage Malinsack all played fantastically for, for Brookfield Central um, against a really talented Martin Luther squad that, that had some highlights of its own despite the loss. Uh, A7's had a couple really nice drives to the basket and finishes a finished above the rim a few times that got the crowd going and you know it was a competitive game until the end and uh uh and then central pulled it out and then two nights later uh, martin luther got to square off against brookfield east and uh uh east really kind of took control of that game right from the get-go and had a big lead at half and martin luther made a run at them in the second half but east played well enough and smart enough to pull out the win and um uh so they went one and oh and brookfield central went one and oh and then uh Brookfield Academy also went one and all. They beat Manitowoc Lutheran on the second day, and then on the third day, they got a buzzer-beating shot uh, from Max Cooner uh, to beat um, Mineral Point, sixty-one to fifty-nine. So, pretty good, uh, pretty good showing there for the Brookfield schools. 
You mentioned in your article that you published on uh, Wisports.net earlier this week some of the standouts at the event. Who were some of the the players that uh, really stood out? Who were some of the players that really um, seemed like they had drawn a lot of attention and in, in buzz from uh, not only the crowd and, and the, the folks in attendance, but the college coaches that might have been there? Yeah, I think the, the, the couple guys that people really wanted to see uh, as far as the college coaches, uh, um, Jacob Agnosovic, uh, the 6'7 junior from Sheboygan Lutheran, had a lot of people at his games. Um, and and he performed very well. He had 35 in their first game, and I think he had 31 in their second game and went 19-19 and 19 from the foul line to set a shootout record uh, in their win over St. Thomas Moore. Um, and uh, so he, he, he obviously... Uh, did nothing but help his stock with college recruiters. He he has a Division II offer right now from Michigan Tech, but I would anticipate that we'll see some more offers come his way, if not during the high school season, then certainly during the spring AAU season. Um, another player that uh, two other players that uh, drew a lot of attention were Isaac Lindsay and Braden Daly, both of Mineral Point. Uh, Lindsay had the whole coaching staff from South Dakota State there uh, on the. Uh, for the game against Brookfield Academy, and and uh, and he played uh, he played pretty well the first day. He had I believe he had 26 in their win um, over Milwaukee Academy of Science in a very high scoring game. Uh, he didn't didn't score as much in the second game. He had 13 points in the loss to to Brookfield Academy, and I, I think you really have to credit Max Kuhnert in part for that um, because Max. Uh, did a great job guarding him for much of the game in addition to hitting that game-winning shot and scoring 24 points of his own. Um, and then Brayden Daly was was really good uh, in both games for Mineral Point from a scoring perspective. He made a lot of three-point shots. I think he had nine over the two games, um, but also scored some off the dribble. Uh, he's a rangy 6'5". Looks like he's growing maybe just a little bit. He's closing in on 6'6". He's got to get bigger and stronger, but uh, very good shooter. Uh, good athlete can finish above the rim with ease, um, and and he put up uh, uh, 27 and 31, I believe, in the two games for the pointers. So uh, you know those were two guys, and then a lot of the um, you know non-division one guys were there to watch. Uh, some really good potential division three players, like Will Plateski of, uh, of Green Bay Southwest, who had 36 in their win over Wisconsin Lutheran, and then he came back and played a terrific game. Uh, in their win over Oshkosh West. Um, and Cairo Thomas also from Oshkosh West is a guy that a lot of college coaches were checking out. He had a big first game against Brown Deer. Uh, was a little quiet second game. Um, but those were some of the guys that uh, I think drew a lot of attention. And, of course, uh, uh, David Scogman uh, and Chris Breedy, both of uh, Waukesha West, also had people uh, watching and um, evaluating and trying to figure out you know, how they could figure into their, into their program in the future. We're talking with Mark Miller, boys basketball writer at Wisports.net, talking about the Wisconsin basketball shootout that uh, took place last week down at Concordia in Mequon. You mentioned Will Pitleski from Green Bay Southwest, and I think they've got to be in the conversation for one of the surprise teams, certainly uh, a team that was expected to be pretty good this year, but moved ahead of some pretty good teams in Division Two to take over the number two spot in the rankings that came out this week uh, behind Nicolay, but ahead of Lacrosse Central, uh, Milwaukee, Washington, defending champion Kaukauna, amongst others. Uh, what did you see yeah. out of uh, Green Bay Southwest that um, at the tournament this week? Yeah, you know, I, I did pick them to win the, their league, the Fox River Classic Conference, in the yearbook uh, to start the season, but I didn't think that they had the firepower to match up with those teams that you just mentioned. 
Um, after watching him twice in, in, at the shootout, I, I, I would probably stand by that, um, despite the fact that they're ranked second. Um, you know, the, the offensive punch that a team like Kahn and Lacrosse Central and Milwaukee, Washington have uh, would be pretty tough um, for Southwest to match up with on a night-in-night-out basis. The, uh, they did have a nice two-point win over Oshkosh West. Uh, West did play without Luke Hosel in that game, their 6'10 senior center, who is hoping to come back uh, this week uh, for the Wildcats. Um, Southwest is not big. Um, they aren't, you know, lights-out shooters. What they are is gritty, smart, um, physical. Um, they, their kids know how to defend. Uh, particularly Lucas Steber, um, who did a terrific job guarding Carter Thomas in the win over Oshkosh West. Um, and then Will just has a nose for the ball. I mean, he's only 6'3", but he seems to score the, the big basket at the right time. You know, he, his timing on rebounding is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, John Polkowski's done a great job with Southwest this year. Um, but like I said, I you know, when you look at their lineup, uh, I you know, I mean, gosh, Lacrosse Central has you know three potentially three Division One players on their roster, and and Southwest obviously doesn't have that. You could say the same about Nicolet, and and certainly the competition uh, in the Fox uh, Valley Association from top to bottom is is tougher than the Fox River Classic Conference. Um, but you know, the uh, Southwest has to play the teams that are on their schedule, and so far they've passed with an A plus uh, virtually every game they played. One final thought before we move on from the shootout. I, I saw in your recap that in the last seven years, 22 of the 35 eventual state champions played at the shootout event, obviously uh, well over half. That's, uh, that's a pretty cool thing, and uh, you mentioned a few of the teams that might be in the running this year as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there was one year we maybe even had all five. Uh, you know, it's always uh, – always tough to, to predict that you know way ahead but uh, uh you know the, between the two brookfield schools racine park and waukesha west in division one uh you know i think there's a, a, a solid chance that one of those schools would come away with a state title um and then in division two we talked about southwest and uh i you know i thought mount horb and Alaska were were also very good teams um but you know nicolay is certainly the team to beat in division two um, and then in Division Three, uh, you know, we, we had both uh, Brookfield Academy and Martin Luther. And though Martin Luther lost two games, they were both the Division One teams. And I think in the long run, that's going to make them uh, a better team. Um, and then uh, in Division Four, Ron Colley, defending state champion, and um, and Mineral Point are two teams that are that are going to be tough to take out in March. And and same with uh, Sheboygan Lutheran in Division Five, uh, unbeaten, ranked number one in the WISports.net coaches poll. So. Um, some really good teams, uh, you know, some really good uh, players. And uh, we got the conference season coming up here now in January and February. And then before you know it, we'll be talking about, uh, you know, who's going to take home that gold ball in each of the five divisions. An exciting time for sure with uh, with all of that action coming up here soon. Uh, any other uh, things that stood out uh, from the other holiday tournaments that were out there? Any teams, any players, any noteworthy uh, things from some of the other tournaments out there over the holiday break? Well, uh, you know, I, I saw that uh, uh, Colfax uh, uh, suffered their first loss. Um, and, um, you know, they, they, they've they got a really good team up in the Eau Claire area. 
um, and have a really good player that's kind of under the radar a little bit, and George Charlotte, who uh, popped into our top 50 uh, for the class of 2019 that we updated today on Wolf Sports. Um, and uh, I think they're 6-1 and one right now. Um, so uh, they came back and, 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 uh, um, and, and won their last game prior to the uh, holiday tournament. So um, Colfax, uh, Osseo Fairchild's another one that got bumped off. Uh, had entered the holiday uh, break with an unbeaten record and uh, dropped a 72-69 to decision, I believe it was, to uh, Clear Lake. Um, and that was a matchup of, of two really good small school teams. And uh, um, Logan Mulhern, who's the returning player of the year in the Western Cloverbelt, had 42 in that game for Osseo, but it, it wasn't quite enough to overcome the, the balance and the, and the talent that, that Clear Lake has this year, uh, led by Blaley, uh, Bailey Blanchard, um, who's averaging 23 and uh, about 10, uh, 23 points and about 10 rebounds a game so far this year. Uh, for a team that is uh, unbeaten under Coach uh, Jason Sargent. Those games kind of popped out at me right away. Um, you know, they had a pretty good event down in the Racine-Kenosha area, and uh, I saw that Indian Trail had handled uh, Racine-St. Catharines uh, by a pretty uh, relatively easy margin. Um, and the credit for that, obviously, would go to to Jaden Zachary, their returning senior um, point guard, Um from their state uh, tournament team from a year ago. But I think those are two, obviously, when you talk about Southern Lakes Conference and, and the Metro Classic, those are two of the better teams in, in Wisconsin. And, and Westosha was up 30 to 16 at a half. I'm just looking at the box here and ended up winning by 15. And Zachary had 30 points in that game and six rebounds. Um, so a pretty solid effort. Uh, and, and Dylan Anderson, who's also a returning starter for Westosha, had 13 points and 11 rebounds in that game. So... A uh, big win for Westosha um, and big win uh, for Clear Lake over the holidays. Before we move on to uh, talking about some of the individual uh, rankings that you had referenced, want to uh, just pick your brain real quick on Division One, where um, there's been a lot of kind of ups and downs, a lot of teams that have uh, held the number one position, but the current number one is Madison East, the lone remaining undefeated team in the division, uh, ahead of Brookfield Central, ahead of former number one Sussex Hamilton, what are your thoughts on the Pergolders, and are, are they a legitimate threat to take home a gold ball in a, a pretty strong uh, division with a lot of teams that are maybe not a lot separates those group? Yeah, I would agree with that. There isn't a lot that separates uh, the teams in Division One. I'm just looking at our updated top ten, and you know you really can go down uh, to the, all ten of those teams, and all of them would think that they have a chance to to advance to Madison and, and perhaps get a win or two down there and, and win the thing. Um, you know, Hamilton has, has a, uh, a very, very good team, obviously, uh, led by Patrick Baldwin. And uh, I know they, I believe they went one and one in their tournament over in Florida over the holidays. Um, as far as Madison East goes, uh, you know, certainly they've taken care of business. 11 and 0 is nothing to sneeze at. And, and they, they had a really big uh, win, a very impressive win uh, out of state when they beat uh, I believe it was Bolingbrook out of Illinois, which was a team that was very highly regarded uh, in that state. So when when you can go to uh, uh, beat a team like that, um, you know, then I, I think that you're definitely legitimate uh, title threat. The game was actually in Iowa at Cedar Falls, and they won by five, seventy-nine to seventy-four. And uh, their star junior uh, Anthony Washington had thirty-five points in that game. 
and the stats that East had turned into with sports had him 17 of 18 from the floor with his only missed shot uh, being the only three-point shot he, he took in the, game, in the game. So that obviously was quite a performance. And, and Anthony's definitely a Division One uh, prospect and a guy that a lot of people are asking about. They've also got really good performance out of uh, Monte Thompson, who's a senior for them, and then Keontae Jones, who, who like Anthony, is a junior. Um, so, you know, kudos to East so far for, for – putting together that unbeaten record against a very competitive schedule. I mean, they, they went up to Oshkosh North over Thanksgiving and beat the defending division one state champs by 15. They also knocked off a, a senior dominated Marinette team. And then of course they've, they've gone unbeaten in, in their games uh, so far in, in the big eight, they have a big game Friday at home uh, against La Follette. Um, I'm sure the place will be rocking when those two teams play no matter what location it's, it's, it's a big deal. Um, and LaFollette's got a very competitive team, so that should be a, a, a big game as far as uh, the Big 8 goes and as far as the Division One rankings go as we head forward. I do want to wrap up our uh, discussion of boys' hoops by taking a look at the updated Class of 2019 player rankings that you released today. That'd be the senior class currently in the state of Wisconsin. As we've talked about a few different times in the past, not a group that has as many Division One players as we have become accustomed to seeing from the state of Wisconsin. There's not a guy that uh, is, is committed to a, you know, a high level division one program at this point. Um, no big 10 kids, no Wisconsin kids. Uh, what are your thoughts on that class? What are your thoughts on the new number one Marcus Damask? And uh, who are some of the kids that have moved up and impressed in the early part of this year? Yeah. You know, Marcus is, is uh, you know, when you're consistent and you're productive, those are two things that, that, you know, people can't take away from you. And, and Marcus has been that really throughout his four-year career at Waupon. Um, and he's taken it almost to another level this year. He's averaging almost 29 points a game, 28.9 at this point through eight games of the season. Um, and um, he scored in those uh, eight games, he scored between 22 and 35 points. Um, he's also adding 8.4 rebounds and 4.2 assists um, for a very good team that has a lot of talented players around him. Um, and you know, the lone loss was to Martin Luther. They went on the road and they, they ran into a hot shooting team. And, um, I think Martin Luther had, uh, like 10 plus threes in the game. It was crazy how they were raining down threes. So, um, but that can happen in, in a 22 game season. And, uh, you know, they played Kettle Moraine Lutheran, a team that beat them two out of three times last year, uh, on Friday in an East central conference game that, uh, they should be favored to win, but, you know, uh, Marcus is, is, um, has really performed well this year, and I think at this point you'd probably have to say he's the leading candidate also for Mr. Basketball. Um, and, and right behind him is his teammate from the summer Ray Allen Select team, and that's David Skogman of uh, Waukesha West. And uh, after David sat out uh, uh, June, July, and August while dealing with a heart issue uh, and had a pacemaker actually placed uh, next to his heart to help regulate his uh, his heartbeat. Um, he's returned and, and boy, you wouldn't even know it that he had that issue. Uh, if you watched him play because he's, he's giving all out effort. I've seen him three times already this year and, uh, he's run the floor very well, he's getting on the floor for loose balls. He's blocking shots. He's scoring in the post. He can knock down some threes. Um, right now he's averaging 18.3, uh, points and 14.8 rebounds and 3.1 block shots. Uh, for West, which I, I believe is eight and one right now, uh, he's our number two prospect. And then Noble Days uh, from Racine Park is three, 
Deontay Long, uh, who's coming back now from serving his uh, prison term over the spring and summer for uh, that attempted armed robbery. He's number four. And then Cole now from Brooks Central, who played so well in their win over Martin Luther, is number five. Um, and Cole's committed to Hillsdale, a Division II school in in, uh, in Michigan. And Noble, of course, committed to Tulane. But Skogman and Long um, have not committed, and, and they would be two guys that I think are going to get a lot of looks throughout the rest of the season. Um, some of the newcomers, real quickly here, that uh, popped into our top 50 uh, for the first time, uh, Chris Breedy, a 6'4 senior at Waukesha West at number 11. He's starting to get a lot of looks. Um, really improved his overall game and has become a very good shooter. Um, and Division One and two schools are, are taking strong look at Chris. He's got a really strong body, and he's 6'4 as a wing, so he's got really good size as well. And then the other newcomers are Kyrene Gaines, a 6'6 forward from uh, Milwaukee Madison, who's averaging 31.8 right now. Uh, Jacob Pierce of West Dallas Central checks in at number 20. He's going to go to Morningside College. I believe that's in Iowa um, or one of the Dakotas. One of the, it's over there somewhere anyway. Over in Iowa. High school. Yeah. Oh, they're in Iowa. Okay. Uh, 21st is Logan Benson of Ellsworth, uh, who's going to Southwest Minnesota State, a D2 school. And he's averaging 28.7 and 13.7 and leads the middle border conference in both of those categories. And the other three newcomers are George Charlaw, who we touched on a little earlier from Colfax, um, who's going to Concordia St. Paul, a D2 school in the Twin Cities. Uh, Jason Larson, who I got to watch quite a bit this past week at our shootout from Mont Horeb, a 6'5 wing who can score in a lot of different ways, Uh, actually getting a little Division I interest right now from uh, Chicago State. And then number 38 is Logan Mulhern, who uh, does everything really for Osseo Fairchild. Um, we talked about him a little bit earlier as well. So those are the newcomers and the entire list of players of the top 50, as well as our uh, extensive list of others to watch in the 2019 class are, are now posted on WIS Sports, and we will be updating the 2020 and 2021 classes this week as well. And and then next week we'll we'll dive into the into the freshman, the 2022 class. All right, good stuff, Mark. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, briefly the uh, Mr. Basketball race, and we'll save that conversation for a, a different uh, different day where we'll dive into that a little bit more. Uh, Mark, great uh, great job on the Wisconsin Basketball Yearbook Shootout, uh, in, and obviously great job on all the content on Wisports.net. Looking forward to the junior and sophomore and freshman rankings that will be coming out, as you mentioned uh, it's getting to be that fun time of the year. We kind of move past a, a lot of the tournaments and get into the conference play, as you had mentioned earlier, and playoffs are not far away. We're only a couple months away from the uh, beginning of the playoffs and uh, the seeding meetings and, and everything that goes along with that crazy uh, three, four weeks of the high school basketball playoffs in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, Mark, uh, good talk, and uh, I'm sure we'll catch up with you again on the uh, WSN podcast. But that'll do it for this week's edition of the WSN Podcast. I'm Travis Wilson. He's Mark Miller. Uh, been great uh, getting an update on all the happenings in boys' basketball. And we'll catch up with Norbert Durst next week uh, to catch up on girls' basketball as well. Again, this has been a WISports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson. We'll see you at a game. <laughs>